This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, a podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, we'll be sharing information on techniques, history, philosophy, and Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara Yosei, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It's only possible we create content such as this podcast and videos because of your support. So we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara Yosei rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple method of fly fishing. So I have updated my bio to say that now I am featured in a book called All Fishermen Are Liars. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should be flattered by that, and、uh, I can't really say that I ever expected in a million years to be in a book with that as the title, but I probably am very honored actually to have been included in the pages written by no other than the famous fly fishing author. John Girak. And last year, when John released、uh, his book,、uh, All Fishermen Are Liars, one of his many books, all beautiful,、um, I had the pleasure to sit down with him, do a little bit of an interview. I,、uh, we did that for a video、uh, to promote his book last year. And,、uh, you know, but of course, I have the audio track from our interview. And, I, and the video was also kind of a very condensed form. And I、uh, thought this would be a good chance to release our interview,、uh, our, our entire conversation that we had that day, talking about his experiences with Tenkara, what he thinks about you know, Tenkara, the industry as a whole,、uh, and things about his books and his writing as well.、Um, you might notice a couple of different cuts in the interview, and that's because we might have had to reposition the camera. It was not like a, something that we sat down. Just as a recording for the podcast,、uh, but the conversations there in its entirety.、Uh, mostly I had to cut the, the pieces where the cats kind of came in and we got distracted by how cute they were. <laughs>、uh, that was always、uh, pretty cute, actually. It was very fun to have that. You also notice that you know, I talked, for example, about、uh, when I did the interview with Girak, it was the day after our fifth anniversary. At Tenkara USA. Now we have been in business for a total of six and a half years. It's hard to believe that、uh, I have been running a company、uh, for six and a half years now. I,、uh, wow, time is flying for sure.、Uh, but so the interview was done last year. We recorded it in April.、Uh, April 13th is the date that I have here on my digital files. And hopefully, you'll enjoy listening to our conversation. I,、um, the day that we went out, it was a, it was a snowy day,、uh, the day that we met for the interview. And、um, at least here in Boulder, we are just about to get our, little, our first snow、uh, for the season. So it kind of reminded me that,、uh, of that day that I spent with Girak and his cats in,、uh, in the writer's den at his house. So, hopefully, you enjoyed the、uh, conversation that we had. If you haven't really picked up a book by John Girak, I'd highly recommend you look him up and pick up a couple of books.、Uh, if you want to read his story、uh, about Tenkara, pick up the last one, All Fishermen Are Liars. And there are several beautiful books that I really like.、Um, he's very famous for Troutbaum. That might have been the. 
he might have been the one that we can give credit for, uh, you know, uh, creating that uh, the name and uh, um, Trout Get the Blues, I think, um, is or now I'm forgetting the title. I, I shouldn't go there. But uh, in any case, uh, listen to the interview. Let us know how you like, uh, you know, the, the conversation uh, on iTunes. If you can leave us a review and uh, on our podcast page, tenkatiusa.com forward slash podcast. And um, we'll see what, uh, what else we can come up with uh, to top this interview. It's going to be hard to come up with something uh, for our next podcast episode, but uh, hopefully you'll like it. Till next time, guys. Yeah, I, I got into Tenkara because I'm a writer always sniffing out new stuff. So I, I heard it. it was in the air. I heard about it. And, um, and it was Japanese, and that intrigued me. And so I started looking around and naturally found you. You Google Tenkara, what do you get? You get you. Uh, so, um, and then I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to do one of those stories where I, I went out for an afternoon and tried it and wrote a story. You know, I, I, I wanted to do my due diligence. I wanted to learn how to do it. So I gave a summer to it, a season. And I didn't fish exclusively with Tinkara because I went other places. And, uh, swung spay rods and whatever. But uh, around here on the small streams, I... Uh, I decided to give it a, a season and learn how to do it. And then, I don't remember if I suggested to you that you come out or if you suggested coming out, but we, we hooked up. Yep. I remember it because, uh, so actually, as a matter of fact, so I sent you a rod, and then at one point, I forget if you emailed me or maybe, I think you emailed me asking a question, and I'm mm -hmm. like, that's John Gerak right there. He's going to write about Tenkara, and he better know what he's writing about. <laughs> so I better go and teach it to him personally, and uh, that's mm -hmm. the first time. So I kind of invited myself to your home. It's like, let's yeah. go fish together, and I'll kind of show you what I've learned from mm -hmm. people in Japan. So, I, yeah, I made sure to invite myself. Plus, one of the cool things about having a fly fishing business is that I can connect with the people that I've been admiring for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I kind of jump to the chance of fishing well, with you. And, and you can write <laughs> off the plane tickets. I can write off the plane tickets, but mostly I can meet people that I've been reading about in paperbacks for mm -hmm. years before uh, you know I, I got into the industry myself. Um, yeah, so I jumped to the chance of fishing with you. Uh, I thought this would be a good chance to share all the stuff that I had been learning. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, so we hooked up and fished. So we hooked up and Ed, Ed Engel came up. And uh, we fished for what about three days, and uh, and then you moved to Colorado because you liked all the creeks. <laughs> I did. That was uh, yeah. I didn't foresee that. I didn't realize you were going to pack up and move here. Yeah, I I loved. I fell in love with Colorado immediately. I mean, that was my first time in Colorado actually. So uh -huh. that was it was a nice reason to come and visit. And, uh, and I don't know, I don't know if I told you the story, but essentially. You know, I left here and I went to the park and I fished a bunch after you and I fished together. And then I drove through Boulder and I immediately called Margaret and I was like, we have to move here. Yeah. You know, it's such a good vibe, you know, to the whole area, uh, the front range. Well, you said you said you were amazed. I mean, you come out to the house and we drive 15 minutes and be fishing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
five minutes and we're on a stream. Exactly. And and you were telling me we'll have to drive three hours from home to get on water. I was getting so tired of driving three hours to go fishing. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's all perfect Tenkata water, you know. It's like, so I created this business to spread Tenkata, and I'm yeah. trying to share the stories, and it's really tiring when you have to try, drive three hours to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I called her up, and for two years, I pastored her every month. I was like, we had to move to Colorado. And she's like, no, I don't want to go away from family. And yeah. But it finally just happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're 30 minutes away from each other. That's pretty cool. But anyway, um, yeah, we, we fished together, and I had fished. Um, I'd fished for a couple of months off and on with Tinkara before that. And I just found it to be really interesting and compelling. Uh, you know, I don't do it exclusively by any means but that's just because um, of what I do for a living I just I, I I have to go out and do other stuff and I really you know I'll, I take you in the other room and show you stacks and stacks of fly rods and piles of fly boxes and I mean I just I really like the simplicity of Tinkara but I really like the um, I really like the all the complicated goo guys of conventional fly fishing too so well you had a quote in your book it was not a not a story in Tinkata it was a different one about how you know for in a way I think having a combination of habits and some brand loyalties and we can probably extrapolate that to Mm -hmm. be you know to have a habits as well as a certain way that you've been doing fishing for a while keeps your life simple in a way Mm -hmm. too so it's kind of a yeah yeah um, so I can see that. <laughs> You've been fly fishing for... How long have you been fly fishing now? It's got to be... got to be over 40 years. Mm-hmm. So about 40 years before you discovered Tenkara. Yeah, more or less. So, you know, and that kind of puts you in a very interesting position, too, because... You've seen so much stuff come and go in fly fishing. You've mm-hmm. seen so many different things, so many different rods. Where do you think Tenkata fits in with fly fishing, within fly fishing? What has it done for fly fishing, if anything? Well, at first, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I didn't have an opinion one way or another. I just thought it was interesting. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me if it had been a flash in the pan like noodle rods or something. Or like, actually, I think switch rods are probably going to end up being in a few more years. But um, it wouldn't have surprised me if it was just a thing that happened for a while and and then you didn't hear any more about it. But it's really caught on. It's caught on surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see the film tour in Boulder. I saw it up here to benefit in, uh, in Lions. But I heard when that piece came on where guys were Tenkara fishing, the audience applauded. And so, you know, it's it's gotten to be a thing around here. And like you say, it's the a lot of the water around here is real friendly to it. Mm-hmm. That complicated pocket water where it's all about drift and, you know, you have to get close and high stick and all that stuff. When that, well, that's what Tenkara is. So. One of my favorite quotes, I think, and I use that on occasion you know, in my presentations is uh, you say that you sometimes giggle out loud 
at the long reaches I had and beautiful drifts you were getting and some pocket yeah, I don't, water. I don't giggle out loud anymore. I'm pretty used to it. <laughs> At first, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, it was pretty cool. So you're there by yourself fishing and you just let a giggle out? It's like, <laughs> well, I do. yeah, I do that anyway. <laughs> I love that quote, yeah. Let me backtrack a little bit because we were talking a little bit about what where Tenkara came in. You know, uh-huh. like in, it could have been a flash in the pan. Um but it's not. I mean, it's something that's been around for a long time. And mm. even though you also acknowledge in the book that like one of the famous uh, fly fishermen said that you would have probably been a fad. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you used that word or not. But um, but it's still stay actually, as a matter of fact, yesterday was our fifth year anniversary. Uh, we just completed five years. Um, but one of the things, one of the interesting things that we've seen with Tenkara is like, all these very, very experienced fly fishermen taking mm-hmm. it up because they know it can be simpler than, mm-hmm. you know, fly fishing can be simpler than it's made out to be. And then tons of beginners, you know, that are usually have been intimidated by fly fishing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is an easy way to get into it. Um, more so the very experienced and the beginner than the people in the middle that are just hardcore, you know, fly fishermen mm-hmm. that have been fly fishing really heavily for five years or ten years. Um why do you think that, you know, like, why do you think it is that we have so much of that very experienced fly angler taking up Tenkara and the, and the beginner, but maybe not so much in the middle? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I actually wasn't aware of that, but I would say the guys in the middle are still trying to learn what they're doing. So they're not looking for anything new. And beginners are obvious. Uh, a beginner comes at fly fishing. We were just talking about this the other night. Uh, beginner comes at fly fishing, and he looks at all the flies and all the rods and all. I've got a, got a line catalog here, and it's like fifty-one, fifty-two pages of of lines that you might need, right? And, uh, and in fact, you need maybe two. So uh, people are intimidated by that. And when, you, when they look at Tenkara and they go, yeah, you got a rod, you got a line, you got a fly. What else? Well, nothing. And a spool of tippet, maybe clippers. And that's it. And I think people just, just go, oh, well, yeah, that's what I was hoping for, was something like that. And then... The, the more experienced people, they're more experienced. They've got the stuff. They know how to use it. They know how to catch fish. And then it's something new. So, yeah, do I buy another, you know, do I buy a seventh or eighth or ninth rod and reel in a new line? Or do I buy a Tinkara rod and try this? So, what I'm, what I'm interested in, there are some, I, I know there's a handful of guys who just do it exclusively. And what I'm curious about is how many people are going to do it like I do it, which is like where it seems appropriate, where it seems like it's the best way to fish or would be the most fun. But then, you know, if I'm going to go someplace and fish uh, king salmon, I'm probably not going to want a tinkara rod. I'm sure. going to want a 14-foot, 10-weight spay rod. So yeah. Uh, you know, I see it as like one 
one art thing in the arsenal. Yeah, and I think to a large extent it is. You know, like, I mean, there's all this different target fish, for example, you know, mm. that there's always that thing of having the appropriate tool for, you know, for the job. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've always kind of stay away. We're probably the first ones to say, this is not designed for steelhead fishing. Yeah. You know, Tenkara is really, you know, it's ideal for certain situations, like mountain streams. Mm-hmm. That's where it shines. And, and honestly, like when I look at people fly fishing, all the mountain streams that we have in this area, it looks so cumbersome <laughs> now that I do Tenkara. And I'd been fly fishing for, um, I think it, 13 years when I discovered Tenkara. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I loved it, but now that I look back, it's like when you're fishing moving water, there's no better tool, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's just, because you do get those beautiful drifts on the other side of the currents and the seams, and yeah. they can really get very effectively with a heavy line touching the water, and you have to mend it. Um, so we do see a good mix of, you know, the maybe talking more specifically about the experienced fly angler, they take up Tenkara like I did. When I first discovered Tenkara, I bought a rod in Japan, mm-hmm. brought it back. On my first trip, I took my Tenkara rod and my Western Fly rod, and I kind of used it half of the time, mm-hmm. uh, either rod half of the time. And on my second trip, I also brought both of my rods along. And I just started with the Tenkara rod, and I just didn't stop using it. Mm-hmm. And that was it for yeah. me. That's like I stopped using <laughs> my other stuff because I fish moving water Mm-hmm. pretty much for trout exclusively. Um, but if I was fishing, if I was going on a trip to go fishing for salmon, you know, I probably would rent mm-hmm. a rod nowadays because I, I don't have it. any other stuff anymore. <laughs> but like yesterday, it was like... You know enough fishermen so we could lend you a Yeah, rod. I can probably borrow one. <laughs> but like yesterday we had... Um, um, so yesterday was our fifth year anniversary. Uh-huh. And on our blog, I put a, you know, we're doing a five-rod giveaway to kind of celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And in less than 24 hours, we had 280 comments on our blog. So essentially, I asked people to put a comment in there about what Tenkara has done for them or mm-hmm. what their experience has been on Tenkara. And the, there's a couple of common themes, which kind of go with the beginner and also the experienced angler. Mm-hmm. And for... The beginner, they're like, thank you for introducing this here. It's like it allowed me to go fly fishing. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of these comments from the experienced angler saying, yeah, like I started doing Tenkara, changed my fly fishing forever. Yeah. And there is a lot of them saying, now my other rods are gathering dust. And it's one of those things. If you fish a certain type of water, you know, it, yeah. it, it does the job. And you probably don't have to carry Yeah, I think there are fewer and fewer people who are who fish one kind of water all the time. And I actually kind of envy that. I, I wonder if I didn't do this for a living, I wonder if I wouldn't just fish these little creeks and be done with it. Probably not, you know, because it's too, there's too many fish and too many cool places to go. And, um, but what, what's going what's gonna to interest me is how many, how many of the experienced fly fishermen sort of go exclusively with Tenkara. I, I think some, but probably not many. And how many of the beginners who start with Tenkara are going to finally say, well, what if I want to cast to the middle of the lake? Or what, you know, what if I need more more line, more cast? Um, so, I, I don't know. I think it'll just be interesting. 
Yeah, one example too, like I don't know, uh, if you saw that this last week, uh, Patagonia started selling ten cotton yeah, rods. I saw that. Yeah. And you know, and it's completely driven by Yvonne Chouinard, you know, the owner mm-hmm. of Patagonia, um, and he's one of those people that you know is a one of the you know very experienced anglers in the country, and he does one of two things. Um, you know, like last he told me, he does spay fishing for salmon or steelhead mm-hmm. or tenkata for pretty much anything else. Yeah. It's kind of like that's kind of the two things. And those are two different ends of the spectrum. You know, so if you're pretty fishing much, this yeah. big fish, yeah. there's a tool for that. If you're catching trout primarily, there's a, you know, tenkata does pretty much all of that. So I think that's kind of one example that, mm-hmm. uh, that we see a fair amount. Um, but... Tell me a little bit, you know, something that was very interesting when I came to visit you and I didn't know before, and you do talk about in the book, is the fact that you actually had a real curiosity and interest in Japanese culture, mm-hmm. you know, from college and t- that type of thing. So tell me uh, about that a little bit. Well, it's it's just an amateur thing, and it sort of came out of the counterculture. We were, we were interested in Zen back in the 60s for... Uh, obvious reasons and um, and it was just that I mean I've always appreciated Japanese art and Japanese poetry and um, Japanese movies for that matter but you've also done like Japanese po- you did like Japanese poetry back in college and you also have gyotaku which is the Japanese I've, I've done some, painting. some uh, gyotaku uh, uh, now and then yeah I've fooled around with that and I've got a couple of bonsai trees upstairs and yeah, I just I I've just always appreciated that sensibility. Of course, it's as Ed points out. Hi, Coke. This is my other cat, Koki. Um, as Ed points out, the Japan we're interested in was pretty much over a thousand years ago, but um, I think you can find remnants of it here and there. Hi, Koki. Such a good picture. That was funny. I got a great picture of. Or essentially nosing the fish in the monitor <laughs> over you. It's, like, it's almost as if she was checking out the fish. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you remember, um, I think the last time you were out here, this cat was all over you. Remember, we were sitting mm-hmm. up on the porch? Yeah. <laughs> I think he came into my room in the middle of the night a couple of times or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she has this thing about getting in bed with strange men. <laughs> glad she's not a teenage girl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was the, um, that was the, probably the reason I didn't just shrug and go, oh yeah, another new thing, and mm-hmm. I thought, Japanese, it's Japanese, it must be cool, you know, ancient Japanese, so yeah, I thought it would be cool. Do you think that's part of the, what, um, really kind of intrigued you and kind of, prompted you to give it a try, like the fact that it was Japanese, or do well, you yeah, think it was yeah. more because it was fishing? At, no, at first, yeah, well, and of course it was fishing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, at first that was that was what interested me, interested me about it. And, um, and then, now I don't care. I don't care where it came from. It's just a cool method of it's fishing. Just, yeah, it's just, for, for places where it's appropriate, it's really fun, and, Um, so tell us a little bit about your book in general. Um, you know, what, what does John Girard write about? 
I write about travel and fly fishing, and um, I'm I'm interested in the places people go to fly fish. Uh, and I mean uh, I mean the, the civilizations as well as the habitat. And I'm interested in the people who do it and why they do it. And I've been told, well, it's been pointed out to me that I, in the last couple of books, I'm writing more like a travel writer and less like a like a fly fishing writer. So there's, you know, there's plenty of fishing, and plenty of fish get caught, but it's more about where I go and people I meet and. Well, I think there's there's like at least one story that was good. Uh, what do you call it? The temporary. Um, oh, temporary purist. Temporarily purist. You know, I yeah. thought that was kind of like a nice philosophical piece. It's not really much about traveling, if at all. Um, I thought it was kind of a nice piece as well because it's like, yeah, we kind of try different things. I mean, we do have one thing that kind of appeals to us the most. You know? mm-hmm. So, like. Tell me a little bit, are, are you a purist, a dry fly purist? But Tenkata is kind of something that comes in once well, in a while. Well, no, I'm, I'm, that story was out about being a temporary purist, where when it's dry fly season, I'm a, I'm a dry fly purist, and then when it's not, I nymph fish with the best of them. And where does Tenkata fit in with purism, do you think... Uh, well, with some people, it's it becomes a, a purist thing where now that's all they want to do. Um, with me, it's it's another method. Um, I I mean I don't really see it as um, as better or worse than anything else. It's like appropriate. You know, you, you pull up to a stream and you go, "This is ten car water," or. No, this is too big. I'm going to need a reel. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, the, I thought it was, a, it was kind of a good piece. I think I might have highlighted that. You know, one thing that you do in your books that I love pretty much throughout the book, and there's like all these like brilliant nuggets, like you just always have really, really good quotes. You know? There's always a, like a, I wouldn't say a bumper sticker, but kind of like a, just a little nice philosophical quote, and it's mm. uh, that's like one of the things that has always been one of my favorite things about your writing. I think it's that kind of a, there's a there's a conclusion, there's like a, a moral mm. or something that you draw in almost every paragraph, which is pretty amazing. Um, well, just, it's just you know it's um, it's technique. You figure out what you want to say and say it once well instead of two or three ways poorly. But I'm just as happy if I can find somebody else who said it beautifully and quote him. Yeah, yeah. That's why well, I'm going to quote you a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do say things very beautifully, I think. Well, I like how you said, you know, like, have you decided, how you decide to fly fish on any given day is one of those rare things that need not concern anyone else. It's yours alone, and the only rule is that if there's some something you love, you should do it as much of it as you can. And, uh, you know, and that kind of, you know, I think that's kind of interesting, because in fly fishing, we do have this thing of, you know, people criticizing different 
styles or you mm-hmm. know, being so stuck in a certain way of fly fishing and, and and as you say I mean there's generally no you know there's no better or worse way to do it and uh, and I think that open mindedness is also what allowed you to try Tenkara mm-hmm. and allows you to try all these different methods um, yeah but by the same token if somebody decides I'm only going to fish with a Tenkara rod, or I'm only ever going to fish dry flies. Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't do that. You know, we just do this for fun, and people should do it however they want. The um, I finally just got totally bored with all the, you know, nymph fishing isn't really fly fishing. Well, sure it is, you know. Do it with a fly rod, and it's legal. It's fly fishing. Um and, you know, Lee Wolf and those guys back in the 50s and 60s were catching big Atlantic salmon on four-weight bamboo rods, but fine, but why, you know? Actually, just a question in general, I guess. You know, like, I mean, one of the things that I see that I tried to create with Tenkara is just something that would show people how simple fly fishing can be, you know, mm-hmm. just like, it doesn't have to be this complicated thing that, in a way, I perceived the industry has tried to be, you know, making and the media in general, too. It's mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of fly fishermen, you know, and fly fishing authors, too, they try to make this thing, you know, uh, seem to be out of reach, um, maybe to put themselves up or just because they do experiment so much and try so many things. Uh, do you think fly fishing uh, or... Do you think, like, fly fishing has become way more complicated than it needs to be uh, over the last few decades that you fly fished? Um, well, that's a hard call. I mean, it has it has gotten more complicated in the sense that there are lots more flies and lots more rods and lots more lines, and lines especially, super specialized lines. You can buy a line for every species under every condition. Um, and I think the, I think some of the complications are, are, um, um, business driven. I mean, if you fish, you can fish 20 times a year, you can buy a good fly line that'll last you for 10 years, especially if you clean it. And, uh, but if you can convince that same guy that he needs nine different lines, we can sell him eight more lines. So I, I think part of it is that, and, and I think part of it is, is um, sort of business-driven driven in writing. There's a lot of how-to writing, and so you got to find something new to write about. Um, and, I, you know, I remember once years and years ago, um, an editor said to me, well, we, we need something new. And I said, well, I don't know, you know, like the fly has been invented, the rod has been invented, the canoe exists. And, you know, what do you want? What do you mean new? So that, there's always that pressure. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, uh, fly tires, rod makers, um, all those guys are just inveterate tinkerers and they're always trying to figure out a way to do it better. And um, 
every once in a while somebody does. I think you had a quote, I forget which story, about, um, you know, it's kind of like human nature, I think, to, um, when you find simplicity in one area of your life, you inevitably kind of... Yeah, you get all Victorian somewhere else, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that quote. It's uh, Well, it is human nature. I mean, we kind of like our complications, mm-hmm. right? So where do you think, uh, and I was thinking about that you know, like when I ran, it's like, okay, so I wonder, you know, the people that are now adopting Tenkata, we've shown them that this area of their life life can be simple. What's going to become complicated? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I Yeah. If your life is too complicated, it is because you have a reel on your fly, <laughs> fly rod, right? I mean, um, and, God, you know, I've, I've talked to people who say, yeah, I have six Tenkara rods. Because I like the simplicity, and I'm going well. That's great for Daniel, but <laughs> yeah, and it's it, one of the messages I tried to send. It's like, hey, you know, any of our rods will work anywhere, but I think people kind of they think of it, you know, the rods as candy, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's this thing about the toys, and I, I guess people are just very drawn to. Uh, you know, to the toys. I've always kind of taken more of the philosophical thing that things can be much simpler than they look and much less intimidating mm-hmm. as well. Um, well, it's true. Um, you can you can pare fly fishing down to to just almost perfect simplicity. But then every once in a while you go someplace where the fish want a certain fly in a certain way and the uh, you know the reverse tackle pulsing tinkara fly doesn't work. I mean nothing works all the time. So there's always that too. I mean you just you stumble into these into these situations where what you know doesn't work. And so you try to come up with something new. And that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. Yeah, and I think the way I look at it, you know, like with tinkara um I mean, I've, I've got a, you know, I'm a very strong idealist in, in certain areas. Mm. And I always like to think that really the best way to keep it very simple in a way is to look at how Tenkata is practiced by the, essentially the masters of Tenkata in Japan mm-hmm. that are kind of taking their learnings from the original Tenkata angler, the commercial angler. Right. And so Tenkata is originated by these people that are dirt poor that had you know, no fly shop next door to go buy mm-hmm. gadgets. You had a bamboo pole. They made a line that would be a little hard, made a fly that was as quick to tie as possible, um, and they caught hundreds of fish, you know, because they yeah. had to in a way. So I take my, uh, all, pretty much all my philosophy driven by that original mm-hmm. out of angler to the point where I use one fly everywhere, you know, and I try to really kind of learn how to use that fly. Um but it is one of those things where there's like endless, you know, debates and endless ways that we try to improve it uh, on things. Do you think fly fishing can be as simple as as he, it, as I make it out to seem? Uh, you know, you can go out with one fly. And yes. Yeah. Sure. I do. Um, the question is, um, you know, do you want it to be that simple? If you want it to be that simple, it can be. 
But if you're like me and you love the complications, and it can be complicated too. And I think that exactly kind of nails it on the head because it's, um, I'm the type of guy, I mean, I've, I had been fly fishing for a long time and I probably complicated things for a period of time. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really driven by personality and desires and how we wish it to be because mm-hmm. I'm honestly like, in my life, there's too many areas that are complicated or, you know, I felt like they were complicated. Right. Fishing was the last one that I wanted to be the same. Yeah. Um, and I also, I always joke when I'm, I'm presenting and I'm the type of guy that, you know, I'll go to a restaurant and I absolutely hate looking at a menu with 30 options in a menu. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go to a restaurant that has three options, I'm in heaven. That's like, and it's exactly the same thing for fly fishing for me. I just, I don't like tinkering. I like kind of picking a fly and I know that I can catch fish with that. Um, so I think that does speak well to, you know, we all have different mm-hmm. approaches. And, um, well, I, I, you know, I like both. I like both. I've been tying flies for probably 40 years, and um, and I enjoy it, and I have flies that I really like, and I'd go insane if I had to fish one fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you what? You tie five flies in the spring and fish them all summer? I mean, I, that'd drive me insane. <laughs> what would I do with all my fly tying material, <laughs> all my tools and stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, one of my teachers in, in Japan, like, he he never looks at the flies that he's picking uh, when he's fishing, Dr. Mm-hmm. Shigaki. Um, pretty much most of his flies are identical, but he does say that he gets bored of tying the exact same flies, so that's, mm-hmm. like, the only reason he ties different flies. Um, and I think fly tying is a hobby on its own. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah. Well, I, I'm probably a classic example because I go back and forth. I... Um, when I'm fishing Tenkara, I think, well, this is, you know, I love this simplicity. And you got everything in your pocket, everything you need in your pocket. And then I'll go down to the catch and release water on the South Platte and change flies 32 times trying to catch this one fish. And, you know, I like them both. Thanks for listening to the Tenkara Cast. I really hope you enjoyed this interview with uh, John Girak and that you've been enjoying the episodes that we are putting out there, uh, trying to bring some good content for you to listen to on your drives to your favorite fishing spots or on your way to work or during work if, uh, if you need something to distract you a little bit from your daily tasks. Uh, this song was Light the Flame by Takenobu. I'd like to thank him for letting us continue using his music for all of our videos and podcast episodes. I, uh, I really enjoy the music that he puts out, and I've heard that he's got a new album coming up. So that's going to be exciting. Can't wait. Um, if you have any ideas for things that you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, uh, do share a line with us, send us an email, leave it a note on Facebook, or on our website, tenkatiusa.com forward slash podcast. And until next time, on the Tenkata Cast. Mm-hmm.